This is Victoria. From the London Underground to the Taipei Metro. The people of our world are going places. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's Jukebox Republic, Shirley Wynn's look at Taiwanese pop music. But first, it's a brand new edition of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're joining us live on uh, Facebook, well, Merry Christmas. It is December yeah, the 24th. Merry Christmas. Otherwise, uh, well, I hope you had a good one. It's uh, now Monday, December 28th. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me, as you can hear in the studio today, is Shirley Lin. Hi there. Up next, don't harass Taiwan's dolphins. You might just end up getting fined. Then this stranded cargo ship off central Taiwan's coast may look nice, but don't go near, authorities urge. And lizards invade. We'll be telling you about a specific species of lizard, not the iguana, which we talked about last time, a different species that is wreaking havoc on Taiwan's ecosystem. All that coming up next. Please stick around. Christmas colors. <laughs> anyway, Those, I want to show off my, my earrings. They're Christmas tree ornament lights. They're purple though, not red. But, but, but I mean, they're coming all colors, so. Yeah. Um, the thing is that I, I got this for Secret Santa like years ago. And so every year around this time, this is the only time I can wear these. And I remember them today. Today, so you're, it's I'm, a Christmas. I'm the Scrooge here. Um, uh, you and Leslie are both. Well, I think you more so, but you and Leslie are the <laughs> only ones besides me here today. And both of you have dressed up festively. I, I just, definitely am. I just wore whatever. Three I days this in morning. a row. You know, I've been trying to find green and red on me. This is forest green, but it's green. I don't think I have enough. I don't green think I have very much red clothing red? at all. No, get only, a red for only next a little year. bit. Oh, you better get a red one for next year. Oh, it doubles for Chinese New Year as well. Oh, right, right, right. So, dolphins. Uh, yeah. I can't believe someone's harassing dolphins, but yes, they are. And what I can't believe even more than that is that someone was there and witnessed it, I guess, or saw footage, and that person has now been fined. Oh, what? Oh, what? The person's being fined? Um, for yeah, harassing dolphins? Because, yeah. Okay, so, so... What were they doing? It's the first time ever in Taiwan that someone got caught for harassing dolphins, and, and so he's getting fined. So this man um, basically harassed the dolphins with his yacht. He was in his yacht. He was, you know, cruising along uh, off Yilan County. A yacht. And That's obnoxious to begin with. <laughs> yeah. So um, apparently the dolphins were swimming near the surface. Then they dived deeper when they saw that they were being harassed. You know, they got scared. But harassing in what way? Just being near them? Okay, so what he did was um, he was... When was that? He was driving near uh, the dolphins, and okay. then he sped up and 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 you know changed directions, which is all not good for the animals because they they get scared. And this was know, deliberate. And they could be hurt. This was deliberate. He was trying to annoy them. Yeah, you know. Okay. And this is uh, breaching the Wildlife Conservation Act, especially Article Forty Two of the Act. Is that the act about yachts and dolphins? 
uh, about protected wildlife. Oh, a dolphin. Which okay. forbids harassing or abusing protected wildlife, adding that all whales and dolphins are actually protected under Taiwanese law. So who was there to catch him doing it? So was there a Coast Guard? There person? was uh, a, a whale watching boat nearby, mm-hmm. and there were you know a group of tourists on a boat, and one of the guys saw what was happening, so um, he took video of it. So mm-hmm. that was perfect evidence that this guy was harassing the dolphins. I've never heard of anyone harassing dolphins before. Okay. I know. That's why. So it's the first, you know? And so basically, this was near the uh, the Turtle Island. Okay. So okay. that's where the tourist uh, boat, I mean, a whale watching boat was near. And the guy was speeding up his vessel, actually heading towards the group of dolphins. Like trying to run into them, I guess. Yeah. Something like that. You know, it's like. Maybe he's saying, like, your guys are in my way. I'm calling. But he went out. You but you're saying that he changed direction and went out of his way to, like, try well, and, well um, you can't really run them over. They're in the water. No, but hit yeah. them, I guess. Well, then they dive deeper. Mm. So they were already on the surface. So and I guess they were in his path. Okay. And so then they dive deeper. I thought you said he changed like, direction to, like, actually, hit them. No, I, I might be wrong. Maybe they didn't change direction. I mean, well, um, basically, what I want to say is that um, the guidelines, the, um, what guidelines? The, um, Office, hold on a second. Um, okay, it's the uh, gosh OCA. What's the OCA? It's the um, the Council of Ocean Affairs. Here we go. A... Sorry, Ocean Conservation Administration. Okay. Okay. Um, they are saying that according to the guidelines, um, ships engaged in wildlife watching should travel at a slow and steady speed. So this goes for not just a yacht, but also the whale watching boat too. Mm-hmm. And vessels should maintain a distance of at least fifteen meters from the mammals and a distance of at least 300 meters to nursery groups of whales or dolphins. So if you see a group with little baby dolphins or baby whales, you need to keep a distance of 300 meters. I wonder if this is covered in boating school. Like, is this taught or is this just a rule that nobody knows about because no one has ever gone out of their way to harass dolphins before? Oh, well, the thing was that OCA last month just held a meeting with conservationists, prosecutors, and Coast Guard and government officials to discuss how to identify and collect, and I, I guess teach them too, uh, collect evidence in alleged cases of marine wildlife harassment too. So I guess this was just one recent that they decided to really give classes and, and you know, and, and know how to get evidence that can really, because apparently this is not the first time that people have been harassing um, wildlife. It's just weird. But the thing was that the evidence that they had collected in the past was inadequate to, you know, mm. prosecute these people. And so um, now they're teaching them. But anyway. So what kind of a fine is this guy looking at? Is it hefty? Uh, Slap on the wrist. I think it should be more. It's seven hundred thirteen U.S. dollars, but I feel like he should be fined more for this. That's, <laughs> That's a personal opinion. Okay. But um, yeah, and so uh, you know, basically there are nearly thirty of the world's more than 80 whale and dolphin species have been reported in waters near Taiwan. Well, that's why they have whale watching tours. Yes. So in that area, the... Elon especially is a good place to see it. Uh, I think yeah. it has something to do with there's a current, a current that flows northwards in the Pacific uh-huh. called you the Kuroshio. Yeah, Kuroshio. It yeah, flows right. off of Taiwan's east coast, and I believe it brings lots of nutrients, so it's a good place for marine yeah. life in general. Right. Um, brings the dolphins and the whales. That's right. And so, um, what was I saying? Oh, the best season for watching the animals, you know, the whales and dolphins, actually from April to October. Well, it's December now, There must I guess. be late um, yeah, holdovers. Right, but it's uh, it's been getting cold here. Anyway, so, you know, when you see dolphins riding bow waves of their ships, which bow allows... Waves. Oh, sorry. I meant bow waves. Okay. 
which allows the dolphins to swim at a higher speed. That's why they mm-hmm. like that, you know, following along with the wa- with the waves. It breaks the, um, the water for them. It's right. like how geese fly in, and, and the head of their uh, V shape is the one that breaks. Right, in the air, right. The resistance. Right. That's why, never mind. I was just thinking, like, that's why cars are designed with a little thing on the mm-hmm. top. It's aerodynamics, yeah. or right. well, I guess in this case, aqua it, it dynamics. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, well, in this case, right, right. Fluid dynamics, maybe. Yeah. So ideally, any vessels near dolphins or whales, you should keep at a steady pace and not change direction abruptly. And then to avoid scaring or harming the animals and to keep this the speed at a steady level. Okay. You know, don't speed up or, yeah, especially don't, don't harass the dolphins. That's the yeah, moral of this I mean, story. Really, it's a, a I mean, story. It's, it's hard as it is to, to, um, to spot dolphins or, or whales I think not really I mean you're not promised I've seen lots of that you would definitely but the thing whales, is you're not whales I understand but dolphins I see, they see them all the time yeah yeah have you been on a trip seeing you dolphins? don't have to go on a trip especially I've seen them just out oh. there well you go on the waters a lot even though you don't like the waters I no, mean don't I like you get water you, you don't you get seasick no oh you get air sick that's a different story that's a different story (laughs) water is fine oh good for you anyway so i haven't been they're just kind of out there yeah dolphins yeah whales i think are a bit a bit more unpredictable yeah i know it's an unpredictable thing so i mean as it is it's unpredictable to watch whales and things like that so you should be harassing them right well, you scare them the guy had a yacht i mean anyway (laughs) fancy fancy Another nautical story here, this one about a cargo ship that's been stranded off Taiwan's coast. Let's see how long now. Since October of last year. And so for is, is over it? over a year now, it's been there. Actually, it wasn't originally there. Uh, it started out in Taichung and slowly drifted southward. Oh. Um, what, what happened, the reason it got stranded was uh, because there was a sort of mechanical problems after it left the port of Taichung in October last year. It anchored uh, a couple kilometers offshore of, of the harbor for repairs, and that was exactly when a typhoon came and it wrecked the anchor. It was oh, blown okay. off anchor, and it just kind of started drifting. And it's been—it's sort of settled. It's become stuck in a in what seems to be a rather, from this story, a rather shallow area of water off the coast of Zhanghua County. So it floated to southward, and it's like uh, the ship's owner tried to tow it off the sand during high mm-hmm. tide. It didn't work, and the ship has just been there since. Okay. Well, um, nobody got hurt. So it's a Taiwanese cargo ship, no, right? Well, no. They never... It's one of those flag it, of convenience things. Oh, okay. Because, like, when you use another country's flag or you register in certain countries, they have uh, more lax rules, mm. tax-wise, or I don't know, how you treat the crew. So people like 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 to register them. This In this case, it's registered in the African country of Sierra Leone. But it is called the Donghai, which is a Chinese name. So yeah, I think probably the probably the owners are Taiwanese. Right. I would imagine it's a fifty point five meter freighter, quite large. Um, as far as I can tell, fifty meters is pretty big. Um, and so nobody got hurt, right? I as mean, far as I know, um, and, and they abandoned the ship. I mean, it's just it been like year. stuck there for a while. Okay. Um, and people have decided that this is such a Taiwanese thing. I think people decided that this is a great Instagram Sign. spot. Oh, okay. A great place to go take photos. And they are not taking photos from the shore. They are wading through what I imagine is shallow water out two kilometers across the beach at low tide for a photo op so that they can share their photos on social media sites. (laughs) Um, It's trended. It started trending. People from other parts of Taiwan have come. I can't imagine going 
all I mean it's a boat yeah. You've seen boats before. Anyway, people, for some reason, it's not a very, I saw a picture. It's not a particularly photogenic boat either. Huh. But people who want a cool picture, like, hey, I'm standing next to a stranded boat. are right. So it's been trending. People have been going all the way from other parts of Taiwan just to go see it. Yeah. Whatever. Well, people with way too much time on their hands. I mean, even and, though we've you know been able to contain COVID, but we haven't been able to travel abroad. So anybody can just do anything to travel locally, and let's go see a boat down here. You know? <laughs> That's a really dumb excuse. I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, um, that you can think of something better to do than that. Anyway, people are getting stranded in the in the water. They've had a an increase oh. in the number of calls to the coast guard for help, oh. and. It's not just people waiting, it turns out. People are driving their cars out onto the beach and getting stuck in the mud. Well, imagine when the tide comes back in. That's this is a, a crazy story. I mean, these people are crazy. It's, and it's, it's not, there's nothing very special about the boat. It just it's looks like a boat. It's an adventure to them. It's an adventure to them. It just looks so. like a boat. You could go to, like, we're an island, you know, surrounded mm -hmm. by other islands. You can go to any point on the coast and see boats. It's, like, not, I they don't get it. They want to see a stranded boat. It doesn't look particularly stranded, stranded. either from the photo. Um, anyway, for some reason, and I imagine this might be because there might be a refinery or something nearby, something flammable. Um, this spot where the ship is stuck is in an area that's been listed by Taiwan's Fire Bureau as a danger zone. Oh, I'm not okay. sure if that's because the ship itself has fuel on it or it's near something else. like Because we do have refineries on some parts of the coast. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. well, and And so... Uh, the Coast Guard and the Fire Bureau, because the Fire Bureau has people on the ground, it's considered a danger zone anyway, are working together to dispatch more personnel to patrol the area on weekends, which is a waste of uh, resources. Like, they have probably other things they should be doing, other work to do, besides, I like, know, walking up and totally. down, making sure no one's there. Yeah. And putting up signs urging people not to go onto the beach just to take photos. So this is why we cannot have nice things. Really? Um, we've got some people saying hello. Oh, do we? Someone from Somaliland, um, Gabobi. Yeah, hi. Thanks for Kept joining us. It. Yeah. All right. Okay. Is that it? Yep. Um, that's all I can see right oh, now. Oh, it's flashing before your eyes. Yeah, I'm Too sorry. Because <laughs> I'm, you know, controlling our Amiibo, you know. That's all right. This whole thing, so sorry. We'll see if anyone else writes in soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a few times recently, we've told our listeners about uh, the iguana, the iguana invasion that is uh, uh, really taking over large areas of southern Taiwan, especially. But there's another type of lizard that we should be on the lookout for—an invasive species. Oh no! And it's it's um, unlike the iguanas, invasive. which are huge. Yeah. These are hard to see, really, because they're fast moving and rather small. Oh, okay. And I'm gonna get the pronunciation of this name wrong, so just bear with me. It's called the brown. Anole. Mm. Anole. It's an invasive <laughs> lizard species. It's native to the Caribbean, Cuba, and the Bahamas. And it's been spreading really, really, really rapidly. They estimate that in the past 10 years, the number that they have re successfully removed is 1 million. Oh, my goodness. How did and they that's get just over the ones they got. Well, from it the doesn't Caribbean. say. It probably was on some fruit or something. You know how these things happen. Yes. Um, and so that's just the ones they've removed, one million in a decade. And uh, someone with the, let's see, is a project assistant with the Wild Bird Society of Hualien, who's been watching the species spread for the past 10 years. Oh, wow. And uh, despite having gotten rid of a million of them, uh, the rapid spread of this species 
is still not under control and uh, they can reproduce so quickly that actually it's unlikely we're ever going to get rid of them completely from Taiwan. It's just they're just established. So they're harmful to crops, agricultural um, stuff, no. not humans. And that's the problem because they don't they don't really affect humans. And okay. so people pay less attention to them. But the damage to biodiversity and ecosystems uh, can be quite devastating. Uh, they're not big, 15 to 20 centimeters in length. They're just like lizards. They look like geckos. Yeah, I'm wondering if, because um, I've been going hiking lately, and you actually do see them. And they, they, they've got really long tails. I wonder if they're, do you have a picture of it? No, no. but they're, they're um, I mean, they're not geckos, though. And in fact, I've learned a new oh. word today, although I've already forgotten what it means. Yeah, lizard. Um, no, no, li not lizard. I know what lizard means. Um, it's, they have, it's a striking, the striking feature is a vivid red dewlap which is a, a part of lizard anatomy, apparently. Okay. And so look for basically a vivid red, red somewhere on the lizard. I don't remember where a dewlap. <laughs> I looked it up earlier. We have a dictionary behind me. I should have put it on the t desk next to me. Anyway, um, they move very quickly, though, so you'll have to, and they're very hard to catch. They're saying here, and especially this person who's been concerned with their spread over the last decade, that uh, we could see dramatic biodiversity loss specifically to indigenous lizards and i hope not the geckos because they're they're nice they eat our bugs so geckos and lizards are they the same family they're i don't know but they're roughly the same size so potentially especially if they're moving very fast and they're just like a yeah they're that, probably I'm, hard to differentiate i'm really thinking about these ones that i see on my hiking trails there's probably geckos they're, oh so they're the ones that are like on our uh you know they kind of like no they they got a long tail and then they kind of they prop up and they really run really fast on on the ground. Hmm. Yeah, they, they, you know. But anyway, they're kind of nice. The ones that make that. I wonder if they're the ones. Sound. Those are geckos. Those I are... know. I know. I know. Yeah. No, these are like lizards. They're kind of know. pretty, actually. If they're do the they ones have, that we're talking about. Do they have a notable red? I. They're so fast. I can't tell. Yeah, it's spelled <laughs> a brown, like the color brown. Brown. A n o l e. So. Yeah. Um. Don't know. Yeah. How to pronounce that? Yeah. Unfortunately, Caribbean. they do not attract attract a lot of human attention because they don't really affect us very much. They're not like, uh -huh. you know, eating crops or some of those other pests. But any invasive species is a uh, probably it's pretty damaging to begin with. So, yeah. I mean, a million of them. I wonder who's catching them. Is um, it like a team that they've the sent out like the farmers who's got the crops destroyed but they said they don't affect us they, they don't affect no, no, humans no. i mean crops they don't affect human life it says they don't have a major impact on human lives that's a quote from the story so they must so not be eating crops not. oh 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 so i wonder if they would have an environmental squad like the ghostbusters going out to whistle. Hmm. <laughs> they're so small like you can't use a net <laughs> yeah i don't even know how would you get a million of them and who's doing it that raises a lot who's of questions this story it certainly is yeah um, anyway. it must be really fast because if these things you know they run so fast so we're being told that if we see them and this article did not come with a picture um so it'd be actually it might what should have. we do call the authority let the authorities know that you've seen them um so that action can be taken to catch them again that i've seen them <laughs> but then by the then numbers. they would have been like you know Miles and miles away from yeah. me. <laughs> What's interesting about this, though, is you asked how it got here. I don't have information about that. But what I do have is information about the places where in Taiwan where this lizard was first discovered. And they're all over the place. So it must have been here for a long time and spread out before anyone even noticed. Notice, yeah. Because there's Jiayi, which is in the south. 
the southwest, mm-hmm. Shinju in the north, north, and then Hualien on the opposite side on the east. Mm. And it was discovered in all three of those places when it was first discovered. So it must have... None of the, I mean, we're, there's no guarantee that any of those one places were, any of those places was the place where it first arrived. I wonder if they managed to get to Taipei City. <laughs> I'm sure they have because <gasps> they were already on all these different parts of the island. Yeah, Xinjiang so. is not too far from Taipei, I mean, sort of, you know. Um, if they could hitchhike on a boat or a plane or something, <laughs> I don't see why they couldn't <laughs> hop on a yeah, I know, really. cargo truck. And if they go so fast because... Um, Wow, I like to see this thing. You know? I, I well, I think the idea of the story is we want to hope not to see this thing. Oh, but uh, <laughs> but I want to spot them for you so that you know what what tell to do the authorities. With them, you know, get to them. <laughs> well, a Canadian who once taught in Taiwan is attracting some social media attention here. Um, people are surprised at how much he loves Taiwanese snacks. Uh, I think this whole story began with lockdown due to COVID-19 in Canada. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, unfortunately, I just couldn't download the picture uh, that he took. Anyway, let, let me get from the beginning. He had spent two years before in Taiwan teach as a teacher. He said two summers, I think. Um, two summers ago. Okay. And um, so during pandemic and during lockdown, he started really missing Taiwan, especially some Taiwanese snacks. And so he ran down to this Taiwanese snack shop, um, not far from where he lives. And I wonder if it was like a newly opened Taiwanese snack shop or something like that. There are lots of Taiwanese people in Canada. Right, right, right. So it wouldn't be hard to find one. At least in the cities. Yeah, so he took a picture of all the snacks that he brought back from the store. And for some of them, um, there's... There's um, there are tons of instant like tea packs. It looks like he really really misses Taiwanese teas. One of them is Sun Moon Lake's black tea instant packs. Okay, I didn't know they came in instant packs. They do. It's a famous type of tea. That's it's. Uh, well, I mean tea bags, I guess you right. know. But you just add hot water and okay. uh, seep it seep a little bit. Um, I think I I do like Sun Moon Lake black tea. I Somehow s- they give off a very nice aroma. It's pleasant, but you're not going to find it abroad very easily. Yeah, so, so he, people were surprised I'm at sure his devotion good. to like finding the exact same things that he'd liked here. Right, right. And then and 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 all sorts of um Taiwan's instant milk tea packs too that he found. And uh some of the brands I know too and I like to keep them at the office as well cuz I like to brew some for myself <laughs> when it gets really cold here in the office. Well, you know. He's so. lucky because like where I'm from, we don't have any Taiwanese stores. You won't find any of that stuff. Yeah, so, so he's pretty lucky. Um there's also bubble milk tea pack. Okay. Th- this is coming packs, does it? Yeah, this is like instant pack. In Taiwan you buy it on the street. Yeah, I know. I wonder what they like. Like that someone else makes it <laughs> and yeah, you buy probably. it ready made or it's custom ordered. I know, so I wonder. I've, I've never come across a bubble tea, milk tea kind of, you know, instant pack. I haven't either. Too. I didn't know they made but, those. Um, but they're definitely better if if they're made fresh. Fresh, fresh, fresh. And um, then shrimp crackers. Okay, actually, mo- it looks like crabs on the on the mm. on the on the front of the pack. But anyway, they call it shrimp crackers. And I I've, I'm not sure if I had those. They're kind of too spicy for me, so I don't really fancy them. But pineapple cakes, okay. Oh, you can't escape those in Taiwan. Anywhere, everywhere, everywhere. There's too many of them. Too many of them. You get get them as gifts sometimes, like for like the Mid Autumn Festival, and you just end up with so many. So they got this crumbly, um, um, what do you call it? Pastry on the outside Mm -hmm. with um, pineapple paste on the inside. Yeah, actually, it's pretty good. Quite thick. 
Yeah, and it's really good to give as souvenir because they, you know, uh, last a long time. I think the people I've given them to as souvenirs or Christmas gifts every year are kind of sick of them. <laughs> Christmas gifts, yeah. And then there's this Taiwanese style rice cake called bipang. It's like popcorn, you know, um, crackers. And so he got that, and also peanut candy. Well, that's gonna all last him a long time. I know. And there's also this sweet rice cake made from glutinous rice. It's brown in color. It's round, and it's got this probably the most strokes. Chinese character you can find because it's Zhao Cai Jin Bao, which means well, it's it's more given during Chinese New Year's, right? You know, it's not like, separately. It's four different characters, but there right, is there is a characters. there is a ligature, an abbreviation that combines all four, and it's quite uh, dense. Right. Anyway, uh, he should have no trouble getting through pandemic. Uh, he might come out a little bit um, rounder. <laughs> I was just gonna say. But uh, well, I think people here are happy to know that. <laughs> Our foods have a fan overseas. Anyway, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lin. Please stay tuned if you're joining us on the radio for more of Shirley Next on Jukebox Republic. Welcome to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. So Christmas is over, but I couldn't help thinking back on how much I was in a Christmas mood despite COVID-19. It was more about the dressing up with Christmas colors, decorating a tree in the office, that kind of, you know, festive mood. Actually, this year I didn't celebrate Christmas dinner on Christmas Day with my family, but two days after, instead, on the 27th. Though for the past years we did, you know, do Christmas and all dinner and everything with my children, my parents, my in-laws, but we didn't do that this year, and the reason is kind of lame. We had a full American-style Thanksgiving dinner with turkey and everything for some Taiwanese friends who have never experienced real Thanksgiving, and those who had lived in the states before and missed Thanksgiving. So we didn't even have Thanksgiving dinner with my family. My family, you know, so it was usually either Thanksgiving or Christmas, one or the other. So we figured we must have a Christmas dinner with them, you know, to end the year. So we had the usuals: my husband's steak, lamb chops, my risotto, salad with homemade Caesar salad dressing, my favorite, my my very own recipe. Well, actually, no, that's not true. I learned it from some、uh, recipe book. And then there was、uh, pumpkin slash clam chowder. Yes. We've got to have soup. That's why my dad likes it.、Um, usually, especially creamy soup. But what I really want to talk about is just my festive mood, my happy mood, during all this time, and how I was all green and red all over, if you know what I mean. So yeah, even though it's after Christmas, but just like my dad, when I used to be little, he would sing Happy Birthday to me like three days in a row, even though it's already past my birthday. So. Merry Christmas to you, even though it's already past Christmas. I'll chat more about myself after this song.
Could I have forgotten to give the name of the song at the beginning of the show? Well, but you know it's got to do with Christmas. Yep, that's "Ai uh, That means "Love on Christmas" by Zhou Xingzhe. He's the love boy. He's always writing these love songs. Um, you know, he would write a sad love song when he just broke up with somebody. Yeah, that's the rumor about him. Anyway. So, talking about these past days celebrating Christmas in the midst of COVID nineteen in Taiwan, um, I was, you know, despite the pandemic, I was kind of in a festive mood. Well, first of all, uh, on a Friday when um, you know John Ventrias, my colleague, and I have to work, and that meant this year's Christmas Day, I had we had to work. Um, it would always be on our sh- our new shifts on Fridays. That's why we had to come in. So after he left about six p.m. that day, that one particular Friday,、um, you know, I was the only one left in the office. I'm always slow, so I'm always the last one to go. I had an idea. Oh no! It actually started on Thursday, December seventeenth. You know how we have these four pillars in our office, painted with a blackboard black, which means that you can, you know, write using chalk, draw or write using chalk on those pillars. So my desk is right next to one of them. So I would change it every now and then. And that day, just before I was leaving from work, I, at the spur of the moment, I just thought, "Hey, let me do something Christmassy." So I erased everything, whatever was there, on a pillar, and then I drew. Oh no, I wrote "Merry Christmas" in red and green, and then drew a Christmas tree with whatever color of chalk we have. Good thing we had green, so it's a green Christmas tree. And then I decorated with red, orange, blue. And then I used purple for the tree trunk because there was no brown. Okay, no brown chalk. Oh, and yellow for the star at the top, and also some other decorations. Anyway, I was very spontaneous, and I did that. The next day, you know,、um, uh, prior to that day, I had asked around who has Christmas tree at home because I saw how another office in at RTI put up a Christmas tree. And at the time when I asked around, there was only Andrew and Leslie in the office, and Andrew said, "Well, I have one," and He said it's a medium size when it comes up like to my waist or a little bit,、uh, you know, above my waist. And before I know it, he brought it in on the next day on his scooter, and he he and Leslie did a whole thing with Jake of putting the, the the tree together, the fake tree together, while they hosted here in Taiwan that day. And here in Taiwan is a live show that we do, you know, every almost every day of the week. No, I'm sorry, except for the weekend. So thanks to me, right? Having a great idea for them for their show. Well, let's move on to the next song. How about Chen Yixun, Eason Chen, with the song "Sand Dan Jie," but it's a play on the third character.、Um, 
Anyway, never mind. Sundanjie, Christmas. Chu 只能独自庆祝，尽量喝醉。我爱过的人，没有一个留在身边。寂寞，他陪我过夜。Merry Merry Christmas, Lonely Lonely Christmas, 想祝福不知该给谁，爱被我们打了世界。Lonely, lonely Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas. 写了卡片能寄给谁？心碎的像街上的纸屑。恋人最怕过节，只能独自庆祝，尽量喝醉。我爱过的人没有一个留在身边，寂寞他陪我过夜。Merry Merry Christmas。Lonely, lonely Christmas. 想祝福不知该给谁，爱被我们打了四界。Lonely, lonely Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. 写了卡片能寄给谁？心碎的像街上的纸屑。电话不接，不要被人发现，我整夜都关在。狂欢的笑声听来像爱到的音乐电狂的泪温热冻结望着电视里的无聊节目瘫在沙发上变成没知觉的植物。Merry Merry Christmas Lonely Lonely Christmas 想祝福不知该给谁爱被我们的 Lonely, lonely Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. 写了卡片能寄给谁？心碎的像街上的纸屑。
爱被我们打了四结。Lonely, lonely Christmas, Merry, Merry Christmas， 写了卡片能寄给谁？心碎的像街上的纸雪，谁来陪我过这圣诞节？You know, I just went back to watch that show with Leslie and Andrew, and boy, were they crazy! They were putting together this Christmas tree while hosting a show, and they did a great job. No dead air at all. Anyway, the next day I told Andrew, but I don't have anything to put on the tree, even though it was my suggestion to ask him to bring the tree in.、Um, he said, "Ah,、uh, not to worry about it." He said he's got like you know、um, these keychains. That actually have ornaments that represent Taiwan. So he brought those in and put on a tree.、Um, well, I used to have these tinsel and Christmas ornaments that I had hanging from the ceiling in our old English service office on the third floor. We had them hanging all year round for many, many years because we never bothered to take them down. After all, it was our former colleague. I mean, I asked Gino to get on a chair and on a desk to put them up for me many, many years ago. And we just left them up there, you know. So then I was thinking, what can I do to decorate the tree? And then I had an idea. I hung tons of old RTI banners on the tree, along with a reindeer-shaped bag from our chairwoman. It's so cute. And Andrew brought in some Christmas tree lights, and it's looking fabulous by the entrance to our office. Check it out on our website, okay, for this show. And I moved it, the tree. It was originally in our office to、um, a different place. See. What it was is that、um, we have a walk-in area before you get to the English service office, whereas all the other foreign language offices, their doors are facing the hallway. So I moved the tree right into that kind of like a sort of like a walk-in area, and I put a sign underneath that says "Merry Christmas" and "Welcome to visit the English service," and and then I drew an arrow pointing to our office so that people would come visit. You know. And I made sure I had some chocolate candy ready in case they come in. Anyway, I'm so happy what I did with the tree. Well, Andrew's tree. No, 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 no. In the show, in here in Taiwan, he said it's everyone's tree. It's people's tree. Okay. All right. Well, I do have a song, not about a Christmas tree, but about Christmas. This is by Guangliang.
So on the day before Christmas, since I was going to a Christmas party that night, um, you know, we had some kind of gift exchange. I decided to dress up in Christmas colors. Too bad I couldn't make it to RTI's own Christmas secret Santa party, at which Andrew got a small stew um, in the shape of an elephant and is sitting in our office right now. It's kind of cute. Well, my Christmas colors that day, and some of you might have seen me on here in Taiwan on the live show, um, I was wearing a red sweater, well, actually a turtleneck on the inside with a bright green down vest on the outside, and I had red shoes with white laces. I think I stood out like a sore thumb on a train to work. It's about the only time I feel safe about wearing such bright colors and not feel stupid. Because somehow in Taiwanese people have a saying, saying that red with green looking like a snob. Um, I don't know why, but they think that's it's terrible, you know, wearing red and green together. Anyway, the rest of the year, I make sure I don't wear red with green. Um, I've been wearing the same red turtleneck for many years because it was about the only thing I have in red. Then I remember the green vest this year left by my daughter who's in Shanghai right now. Now I know why I have the red shoes instead of white because at the time I wanted to buy white ones, but they were out of stock and the sales lady said, why not buy red? Red's the in thing. I was very skeptical then. But anyway, so I'm glad now that I got those red shoes. Oh, and surprisingly, to my friend who's about the same age as me that night at the party, wonder why nobody else was wearing Christmas colors except us, us too. Well, I mean, and our husbands. So she was wearing a, a red sweater and her husband was wearing green. And my hubby, Big John, wore my red and black checked scarf. So, yeah, we're wondering why other Taiwanese people didn't have the holiday spirit. And then on the Christmas Eve, I wore a green sweater and the red and black checked scarf. On Christmas Day, when I have to work, I wore a green top and red cardigan with green pants. And of course, my red shoes again. And these purple Christmas tree light earrings. Lights, yeah, Christmas tree lights, which I got many, many years ago as a secret Santa gift, by the way. And then on Sunday, though it was December 27th already, our church had a post-Christmas concert where my hubby, Big John, accompanied on a cajon. We had a blast. Of course, I was again in red and green with my purple earrings. No matter what, COVID or not, I can just get into the Christmas holiday mood by dressing up. I just got to. You bet it'll be the same next year. But for now, here's wishing you all a very happy new year and the best in the new year. Let's just pray that the COVID goes away and everyone's lives can be back to normal as soon as possible. So here's E Yilun, and the song is Christmas Medley. That's my translation. Thank you for tuning in to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. See you in 2021. Jesus laid down his sweet head The star high in the sky Looked down where he lay The little Jesus asleep on the hay The cattle lowing the baby awake Jesus no crying He Jesus looked down from the sky.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kHz. In South Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw.